hey everyone. Uh, right out of the gates, I want to give you a heads up on today's podcast. We are going to be talking about some very important, but also some very adult subject material. So if you've got little ones hanging around, consider yourself warned. You may want to listen uh, to this podcast at a different time and place. Let's get into this. All right, welcome everybody. Today's episode is uh, very near and dear to my heart because uh, I wanted to I wanted to do something maybe a, a little bit different. I wanted to kind of paint a, a picture by way of introduction of the heartbeat behind this particular episode, um, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean here. So I've been following Jesus now for about fifteen years, and uh, the Lord has very lovingly and very uh, ferociously gone after my sinful nature in that time. Um, the Lord has over time that this hasn't happened immediately. And, and I always want to try to make that real clear sanctification that the process of growing more into righteousness, more into holiness, it, man, for me, at least it just doesn't happen overnight. It's a slow, gradual process. But over these past 15 years, uh, the Lord has with a loving vengeance gone after a lot of areas of my of my life, a lot of sinful areas of my own nature. And by his grace, by his spirit, he's been slowly killing off these sins and and slowly bringing to life uh, more and more righteousness, more and more hunger for righteousness. And one area in particular that the Lord has just gone to town has been my own sexual sin. And, and I wanted to kind of bring you into my past here. Uh, I, wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk about um, this particular sin because it, it seems like a lot of people aren't talking about it. Um, I mean, there is such a hyper-sexualization right now in our culture. Um, internet pornography, the, the porn industry just in general, uh, generates more than $90 billion of income every year. Uh, that's more than... Uh, ABC, CBS, NBC, the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB all combined. Uh, that is a crazy astronomical number. Uh, they estimate that every single second of every single day, about $3,000 every second is spent on some form of pornography. And if that wasn't crazy enough, uh, we live in an entire ecosystem now of like uh, dating apps where, I mean, you can just pull up a dating app and it, it'll say dating, but like we all kind of know this app is really designed to just facilitate random sexual encounters. Uh, you have the whole <clears throat> like uh, OnlyFans ecosystem. You have the whole uh, Instagram, TikTok influencer ecosystem where they're posting pictures and videos in a real suggestive, you know, kind of sexualized way and just making tons of money from it. Um, we live in a really sexualized day and age. And uh, over these 15 years now that I've been following Jesus, one of the, the most helpful powerful, uh, I guess, steps of growth, uh, or one of the most helpful experiences I've had have been these conversations that I've had with a, a couple of real trusted brothers in my life. 
these have been conversations, you know, uh, maybe kind of in the corner at church where, where we were talking real quietly because we didn't want anybody to hear us. Or oftentimes they've been at a coffee shop where we're leaning over the table talking real quietly because we're kind of worried about somebody hearing us. And it, and it was those conversations uh, as self-conscious and awkward as I may have felt. It was those convos that produced like this wisdom and like this the spiritual strength, it, it produced like help. It just gave me help to fight against this sin that had so sunk its teeth into me. Um, and so my kind of heartbeat, my my vision, I guess, if you want to call it that for this podcast today was like, I want to almost replicate that with you, the listener. Like I, if we could sit down at a coffee shop uh, and we would be hunched over the table together with our, our hot cup of coffee in hand, uh, these would be some of the things that I would want to tell you. They were some of the things that were told to me um, because they are, they are the tools. <clears throat> they are some of the, I guess, some of the, the weapons that I have used to try and fight against this sin that's just ravaging the church right now. Uh, not just the church, man. It's ravaging the world as we know it. Um, and And what I've noticed is that like these conversations, they, they took place face to face. They took place like flesh and blood right across the table from somebody. And it seems like social media now has created more and more isolation. Um, there's a lot of synthetic digital relationship, but not a lot of flesh and blood person to person relationship. And, and so you have this isolating effect of social media then you have social media and the internet being this like super highway of sexual sin and temptation. I mean, it's a massive pipeline that's just feeding all kinds of temptation and, and all kinds of uh, like baited traps into your screen every single day. Um, and I mean, the algorithm knows what we like to look at. And so it just feeds us more and more and more of it. So you like you have this really damaging effect then of isolation with more temptation getting thrown at you. And and that's what I wanted to do today is like kind of replicate then these conversations that I had and, and sit down with you in some sort of way, hunched over the table, having this conversation. So uh, let me just share a little bit of my backstory, like uh, the the sexual sin that hit my own life. And then uh, I'll give you five lessons that I learned in these conversations with, with these brothers of mine. So, uh, I right now am 35 at the time of this recording. Uh, I was first exposed to pornography at 11 years old. Um, I don't know how many of you will relate to this, but, uh, back in my day, <laughs> which is crazy to say back in my day, um, there used to be a channel on TV and it was uh, channel 99 and on channel 99, you could watch, uh, it, it was depending on your like cable provider, it'd usually be like some form of scrambled pornography. And I remember one day like clicking onto this channel and, uh, it was like kind of around school, everybody would talk about it. And so one day I, you know, click on the channel and, um, there's like in this weird scrambled form, uh, pornography going on. And I remember in, uh, this channel, they gave out a website domain and this is right when the internet's coming out, dial up internet is a thing. And, 
Uh, I didn't look it up right away. It was maybe a couple of days later. Uh, remember the website that they put in there and ended up looking up my first internet pornography website. And from 11 years old until, gosh, 23, uh, right around there, 23 is when I started to get real serious trying to fight this addiction. I mean, from 11 till then was just hooked, was hook, line and sinker, uh, trying to watch porn whenever I could. As I got into high school, uh, what this is kind of how porn works. Uh, porn's like any other drug, you, you start to build resistance to it. And, and so you want, you want more and more and you want kind of uh, weirder, more fetish, more kinkier things. And uh, then it, what happened for me was like, uh, porn and masturbation wasn't enough anymore. Um, what what I was looking for now was like actual sexual encounter. So get to high school and uh, start dating this girl and we become sexually active. And then that just grows more and more through high school, go to college. It just takes off even more. And um, that was kind of the, the pathway that I was on the whole time, consuming more and more porn while chasing more and more sexual activity. And um, what I found was what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes and, and uh, such a profound truth to come from a guy like Solomon who had a, a thousand women on his, uh, on his roster. I mean, the guy had a 700 wives, 300 concubines like this for, for this statement to come from him is wild. He, he says that the eye is never satisfied with seeing and the ear is never satisfied with hearing. And that's kind of what I felt. I, I just felt like this insatiable, craving had woken up and no matter how much sex or how much porn, how much masturbation, like it never, it never was enough. And then this weird other side came with it too. I, I knew that I shouldn't be probably watching this. I knew that I shouldn't be looking at it. Like I, I had this kind of gut level feeling that it probably wasn't the best. Um, and so there was like guilt that came with it. Um, I, I felt really bad about it. I tried to stop numerous, numerous times. And no matter how hard I tried to stop, just couldn't stop. And, um, this then led to me seeking ways to medicate my guilt away. So, uh, marijuana was kind of my poison of choice. Um, but also drinking some harder drugs, did some pills and some, some harder drugs as well. And, um, that, that was kind of the, the rhythm that I was in, man, up until about 22 years old. And, uh, then I hear the gospel for the first time. I, the Lord starts kind of working in my life and, about 23 was the first time that I really started to go, okay, I've got to nip this in the bud. And, uh, that's where I, I, man, I had some guys that the Lord brought into my life that were, they were open and honest about their own struggles. Um, in full transparency, uh, I got busted a couple of times by, uh, like family members, loved ones. They found stuff on my computer. Um, they called me out on it. I mean, they just kind of called me out and that, that helped lead to really getting serious and being like, dude, I've, I've got to do something about this. Um, and so we started having then these conversations, uh, meeting in person, hunched over the table, talking about sexual sin. And what I want to do is, is share five lessons. There's way more that I learned. Uh, maybe if this gets some traction, we, we can do more. We can kind of tease out some more. But for now, let's just do five lessons that I learned from these conversations. Here's probably the most important one. I might say that about all five of these, but this one is very important. Lesson number one, God is not against your sexual health 
and flourishing. He's just not against it. Um, God is the one that designed human sexuality. It's his idea. He didn't create Adam and Eve. And then one day he looks down and sees Adam doing something to Eve. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't, don't do that. That's not why I gave you those parts. Sexuality is his idea. And, and I'm not trying to be crass. I'm not trying to be like too over the top here. But um, the way God has designed our bodies, the way he has uh, wired up certain hormones and endorphins to be released, nerve endings that he has placed on certain parts of the body, um, this is all his idea. And that's really, really important. Um, oftentimes, especially in Christian circles, sex, human sexuality gets painted as like this really naughty, dirty thing that is really bad and should be avoided at all costs until you're married. And then once you get married, just don't talk about it. And that is a real disservice to uh, the modern day Christian. Uh, that's a real disservice to men and women who are trying to navigate this really hyper-sexualized culture we live in. Um, God has designed sexuality to be this beautiful living picture of, of what he's like. Um, now I'm not saying God wants to have sex with us. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that uh, the love that gets expressed between a husband and a wife in the act of sexual intimacy is a, a little picture of Christ in the church. Um, there's an entire book of the Bible, the Song of Solomon. It, it's all dedicated to romance and uh, love and, and the consummation of a marriage and that that first night of sexual activity. It's poetic. It's flirtatious. It's a beautiful display of romantic love between a husband and a wife. Um, so the Lord isn't against you having this sexually repressed, uh, backwards life. That's not, that's not what he's about. Um, he has called us into sexual integrity because he knows that if we pursue sex outside of the bounds that he's created it to flourish in, it, it hurts us. Um, and, and this is just a, like a healthy, a healthy truth for me to first understand that when the Bible, when the Bible calls me to sexual holiness and sexual integrity, it's not God trying to restrict my joy. It's not God trying to stifle my uh, happiness or my fun. It's him trying to lead me into the fullness of life. Because let's be honest, man, the Bible's got crazy things to say about sexual sin. I mean, Jesus says, you even look at somebody with sexual like lust in your heart. You've committed adultery. Um, Ephesians 5.3, there must not be even a hint, even a hint of sexual immorality. That's a crazy verse. And if we aren't careful, we'll, we'll read those read those verses and go, oh my goodness, the Lord is so repressive. He's so heavy handed, but, but that's not the case. He's actually trying to lead us into, into human flourishing. He's trying to lead us into the fullness of life. And, and he knows firsthand that sexual sin destroys in ways that other sins just don't. So I, I want you to hear this first and foremost. He's not against your sexual health. He's not against your sexual flourishing. He's not against restricting you. He knows firsthand how sex works best. He designed it. It's his idea. We aren't the creator of this. He's the creator of it. 
he knows sex works best one man one woman in the context of marriage that lifelong covenant and safety of marriage that's where sexuality flourishes now this leads me to my second lesson i learned if god isn't against my sexual flourishing my sexual health then why are there so many prohibitions why are there so many warnings about sexual sin here's the second lesson i learned hunched over these tables whispering quietly uh, these brothers shared with me sexual sin impacts you differently than all other sin now i i know all sin is equal in god's eye yes okay all sin creates death in that regard all sin leads to separation from god however the immediate repercussions the impact and the effects that happen to your soul sexual sin hits differently it's just there's something to it that is different from all other sins and this is not just my idea i mean i, I got bible for this this comes straight out of the word of god in first corinthians chapter 6 verse 18 paul says flee from sexual immorality Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. So the text says here, every other sin, it's external of you. There, there are repercussions. It causes pain and damage, but there is something about sexual sin that hurts your own self, your own body. Now, a lot of times you'll hear, uh, especially like some old school Baptists, like hard-nosed preachers, they'll be like, this is STDs and this is all kinds of different uh, sexually transmitted illnesses. And that can be a part of this passage here. That, that certainly is a reality to, to understand. Um, but it goes deeper. Sexual sin not just hurts the body physically. It, man, it also causes spiritual carnage it causes mental emotional psychological damage uh matt frad who is a catholic wrote a, a book called the porn myth very very helpful resource if you're looking for material on on this issue in uh his book and also uh fight the new drug they're a great uh, secular website both of these resources explain how pornography literally rewires how the brain is turned on what the brain finds sexually stimulating it it re it, it creates new neural pathways you can think of this like little grooves that are like cut into the ground from frequent walking and these grooves get cut deeper and deeper and deeper into your brain the more and more you watch porn and masturbate and what happens is the more that you do this, the less that you are turned on by regular stimuli, the more that you crave further and further perverse, further and further dark kinds of sexual images and videos. And it literally creates all kinds of uh, depressive, antisocial, and highly anxious types of behavior. Um, there is a PhD named William Struthers at the University of Illinois, Chicago. He has his PhD in biopsychology. He writes, men who use porn become more controlling, highly introverted. They have higher levels of anxiety, 
more narcissistic tendencies. They are more sexually curious. They have lower self-esteem. They're more depressed, disassociative, and distractible than your men who don't regularly watch porn. That's pretty crazy. And they're finding that this isn't just the case for men. This is also the case for women. We need to dispel this lie that sexual sin is just something that men struggle with. That is not true. Uh, Sexual sin is something plaguing women right now as well. And oftentimes it's, it's worse for women to try and navigate it because like there's this social taboo and like this weird, uh, like weird vibe our culture has put that if a woman comes out and says, I struggle with sexual sin, like they're somehow worse. They're somehow dirtier than, than the rest of us. That's just not the case. Every single one of us, our human sexuality has been impacted by sin because sin has, is it has infected all of us, which is why the gospel and, and the message of Christ is so important. This is way deeper than just a behavior. This is, and this is like deeply embedded into us. So sexual sin, just, it hits differently. There's something about it that really affects the soul, the mind. It creates all kinds of antisocial behavior. It turns people into objects that are to be consumed. Uh, They're no longer image bearers worthy of value and respect. They are a commodity to be used and then discarded like a paper plate. And, And I think this is one of the main reasons why we have seen such a rise in human trafficking of both men, women, and horrifically children. Uh, because as you consume more and more pornography, what gets, what gets embedded, that neural pathway that gets embedded deeper and deeper into your brain is that people exist to satisfy my sexual desires. And once I satisfy them, I discard you and I move on to the next thing. And as you practice that and rehearse it over and over and over in your own room, in the privacy of your home, watching porn, that eventually manifests itself in in real life behavior. That's why we're seeing such a rise now in trafficking, in prostitution, and in, God help us, the, the sexual exploitation of children. So here's what we've covered. God isn't against your sexual health and flourishing. He designed it. He knows how it works best. He's just against the wrong ways we go about it. Number two, we got to know, listen, sexual sin, it hits differently. It affects us differently. It, it causes guilt and shame in ways that other sins don't. It causes mental, emotional, psychological damage. It hurts. It just hurts in a way that other sin does not. Number three, this also, man, was such a helpful lesson for me. Mind the rivets. Mind the rivets. What in the world do I mean by that? Here's what I, here's what I mean. Uh, I got this phrase from a, a pastor named Judd Wilhite out in Las Vegas, and he uses this phrase pretty regularly, mind the rivets. What he, what he refers to is the Titanic, the famous ship that sunk, and uh, what researchers have found when it comes to the Titanic is that one of the factors that led to its catastrophic failure was the fact that these big sheets of metal that were used to to hold the ship together, they were held together 
with rivets that were smaller and weaker than what the ship was originally engineered to have. And what he points out is that it's oftentimes the small little details. It's the small little things of life that lead to big successes or big consequences. And this was something that I had, and both guys in, in my life, they were sharing this with me. Hey, pay attention to the small fights, like fight the small battles, mind the rivets, pay close attention to the little things in your life. So here's what that looked like for me. Uh, social media for me personally had to go. I'm not saying that every single person needs to do this. I know that probably sounds very extreme, but for me personally, I found that uh, social media was a major trigger. There were always images. There were always things on there that made me want to then go search out pornography. It was a small little detail that had big consequences. I noticed that the music I listened to, the TV that I watched, the movies that I watched, these small little details, right, small little parts of my life, they led to then further bigger sins and consequences. The, the language that a lot of people use now is like, know your triggers, know the things that trigger you. And that's really what I'm trying to say here. What are those small little details in your life, the small things that then activate and trigger this sexual sin and, and leads you into places you don't want to go? Pay attention to the rivets. Mind the small details. Um, and, and one of the more helpful things that I had a guy tell me was you can't always control the stuff that comes your way. You can't always control you can't control the things that you're exposed to, the things that you see. What you can control is how you respond to them. And so he taught me this phrase. It's called bouncing your eyes. And this has been a very helpful practice for me. Uh, when I'm out and about and there is a, a very attractive girl, maybe it's at the gym, maybe it's when we're going to the lake or to the beach, uh, the temptation will be to look and then dwell look, stare, dwell, let your mind kind of go. And bouncing your eyes is a really helpful physical way to reorient the mental and the spiritual. Because when you see that, and you can't help that it's out there, you got no control of that. Instead of dwelling, instead of staring, instead of letting your mind wander, you bounce your eyes and you just look somewhere else. You just look somewhere else. Uh, a practice that I have done for a while now is going to the gym. I either try to go to the gym with my wife or I will try to go to the gym with uh, a close brother in Christ that I have because I, I just like having that accountability. I like having that protection there. Um, I know that this is an area that I'm susceptible. I'm weak in and, and I don't want to give the enemy any more opportunities for for an upper hand against me than, than I need to give them. So mind the rivets. What are the small little battles that you can fight, the small successes that will lead then to bigger long-term sobriety from sexual sin? Here's the fourth one that was just massively, massively helpful. Getting accountability. Getting accountability on my devices was a game changer. I mean, an absolute game changer. Uh, for a while, I had XXX uh, church software on my computer. 
Um, then I switched over to Covenant Eyes. These are these are softwares that help you. They monitor basically everywhere that you go, and then they send reports once a week to an accountability partner. They'll send out a report. Here's everything that Chad was looking at. And having that accountability, uh, man, I just, there was no way I was ever going to walk in long-term sexual health until I have this level of accountability. Um, and so, man, if you feel like you've just been stuck and you feel like this, I can't seem to get past it, I'll do maybe, you know, three or four weeks and then fall. Accountability is what helped me really go long-term, sustain some long-term sexual health. Um, now, this is hard. This is hard to do because, as I was saying earlier, we're becoming more and more isolated. Our relationships are getting thinner and thinner. They're getting more and more digital, um, and and this is hard to like approach somebody. Hey, man, can can you get uh, a weekly report of all the stuff that I'm looking at? And if I look at porn, can you call me out? Like that's a hard conversation to have with people. So let me try and give a resource here that's really helpful. Um, it's not necessarily an accountability software, but it will put you in touch with a whole community of men that are pursuing, that are pursuing sexual health. Once again, this comes from Matt Frad, a gentleman that I mentioned earlier, Catholic. He has the podcast Pints with Aquinas, uh, solid, solid uh, man when it comes to pornography, getting help, uh, this is a guy who's very open about his own story, his own struggle with it, and he's created something called Strive 21. Uh, Strive 21 is a free online resource, takes you uh, 21 days through a program uh, to be uh, sober, to be sober from internet pornography and sexual sin. And it plugs you into a community where you can be as anonymous or you can be as vocal and interactive as you want. Um, and, and like I said, it's completely free, but here's the real heartbeat behind accountability. You've got to get people in your corner that can help you. You've got to have people that know this is a struggle, a sin that can be praying for you. That can be, uh, that can be in your corner fighting with you because this sin is just too, it's too insidious. It's too, strong. It's too powerful. And there's too much temptation out there to try and go about it alone. So I want to just lovingly try to tell you, you won't survive fighting this by yourself. You'll get beat every time. Uh, get some people in your corner. The best place would be your local church. The best place would be the the brothers and sisters you're, you're meeting and seeing every single Sunday. But if, if that's difficult or that's going to take too long, I would really recommend Strive 21. It's just a great free online resource. Would would highly commend that to you. And then here's the fifth and last one, and, and we'll end here. Uh, don't underestimate the power of the gospel. If you're going to really pursue sexual purity, sexual integrity, you're going to need the gospel power that comes from the message of Christ and what he's done. You're going to need not only the encouragement that comes from it, but you're going to need that soul heart changing power that only comes from the spirit of God. So when I say the gospel, here's what I mean. I am not saying that 
you, you say a little prayer and then you got to just try hard by your own power and by your own effort. And that, that is not the gospel. The gospel is not, uh, I, I said the sinner's prayer and now, man, I'm just white knuckling obedience and I'm really kind of miserable and I don't know how much longer I'm going to make it. That's not what I'm talking about. The gospel is the unbelievable, majestic, glorious truth that through Christ's shed blood on the cross, he has wiped the slate completely clean for you and I. And the way that this executive level pardon from sin is affected in our life is simply by trusting it, is simply by believing in it. We believe that by Christ's wounds, you and I are healed. We believe that the punishment that has brought us peace was put onto him. That by his shed blood, he has satisfied the just demands of God's law. So when Satan tries to accuse us and when guilt and condemnation come our way, because sexual sin brings with it, it just brings a truckload of guilt and shame and condemnation with it, the beautiful power of the gospel is that you and I can go back to this source. We can go back to the truth that it's no longer I who live. It's Christ that lives in me. This old, sinful, sexually immoral Chad, he has been killed on the cross. I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live. It's him living within me. It's his power. It's his glory. It's the power of his spirit that's creating new life. Now, it's not going to happen immediately. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be highs and lows, seasons of success and seasons of failure. The gospel is what allows you to keep getting back up on your feet when you're stumbling. And when you start to feel like you're doing good and you start to feel like you're maybe getting a little proud, the gospel is what just brings you right back down to, to a humble, solid ground because it was never you to begin with. It's the shed blood that saved you and the power of God's spirit within you. So as you battle, and it's going to be a battle, as you battle sexual sin, preach the gospel to yourself all the time. Get pastors around you that preach the gospel all the time. Go to the scriptures and meditate on, on these glorious gospel passages. Ephesians chapter 2, Colossians chapter 1, Colossians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2. Go to these amazing texts that and just like seep and soak in the gospel because it's that, it's that message that Christ has perfectly redeemed us, saved us from all of our sin, past, present, and future. And now by his indwelling nature, he is creating new life. He will put to death sin. He will kill off all that ails us. And unless, man, unless we just really hunker down on that and preach that to ourselves and, and just stew and marinate in that, uh, you're going to find your motivation to run this course, your motivation to really battle this will dry up. I have found that it, it's the gospel that sustains. It's the gospel that gives the energy source. It's the gospel that gives the, like the, the um the unction the like the the strength to actually go do this and it's one of the most important things that that these guys told me when i was hunched over these tables they did such a good job of always pointing back to christ and what he's done and i want to do the same for you today 
Don't forget what he's done for you. He has wiped all your sin clean if you trust in his perfect sacrifice. And his power is now at work in you. And he makes the promise he will start what he he will finish what he started. He will bring to completion that which what he has started. So let me end here by praying for you because this is, man, this is just a, a heavy issue. I know for a lot of you listening right now, like this has plagued you for years and it feels hopeless. It feels like you've tried so many things and, and you just can't get out of it. And I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know I have felt that. I know how despairing that feels, like how how dark and hopeless that feels. Um, but I want you to know that there is hope uh, because as deep as my sexual sin was, uh, I'm now recording this podcast with almost 11 years of sobriety from internet porn and from uh, all manners of sexual sin man, that I was caught up in. And, and I don't say that to toot my own horn because I know full well that, that it's been the spirit of God in me doing that. Um, I know I'm prone to wander, man, I'm prone to sin, but, but it's the gospel. It's the power of the spirit, the beautiful grace of Christ that has helped create that in me. So let me pray for you. And then we will wrap up this podcast. Lord Jesus, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know who is hearing this and man, they've, they've been wrestling with this, struggling with this. Um, sexual sin has just decimated their soul, their life, their relationship with you. Uh, guilt is probably weighing very heavily on them. Um, I pray that they know, Lord, um, there is no amount of sexual sin that could keep, could keep them from you. And there's just not Lord. Um, like it's amazing to me, Rahab, the prostitute is in your family line, Jesus. Um, you had such a soft spot for the prostitutes while you were here on earth. Um, you have, you have such mercy and grace Lord with those that are struggling with sin, those who beat their chest and, and plead for mercy. Lord, you got such a, a, a soft heart for them. Um, and so I'm praying in a way only you could do Lord, just in a way that's only from you. You would encourage the hearts of those listening. You would give them life, you'd give them vitality, you'd give them hope, and you'd give them real tools and help to fight against sexual sin. Um, the enemy knows what he's doing. This is a, a weak spot for us, and it's an area where where we're just getting whooped on right now. So we need your help. Um, we don't want to pretend like this isn't an issue. We want to get serious, fight it, and and grow in holiness here. So I pray for those addicted to porn right now, Lord. I pray you would break that addiction. I pray for those who are walking in adultery and infidelity, Lord. I pray that you would bring healing and restoration to their marriages. I pray for those that are uh, actively walking in some form of sexual immorality. I pray that you free them. I pray you show them a way that is better. I pray you show them that you have the pathways unto life. And that you'd make them real hungry for life that's truly life. And I pray these things in your wonderful name. Amen.
Hey, real quick before you go, thank you again for checking out this episode of the Chad Blackman podcast. If you could do me a solid and like this, share it, rate it, do whatever you can do on the platform you're listening to to help this get to more people, I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for your support. God bless you.